Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mysteries the sequel by Jeffrey Deaver, read by Perry F. Bruns. Soon all he could see was Westchester County wilderness, thick trees mostly, a marsh or two. Lowell's curiosity at their route turned to shock when he saw their destination, a small battered bungalow sitting in a scabby square of dirt and weeds, a carport about to collapse, a chicken wire fence. Home sweet home! Their previous house had been an opulent McMansion. The plot of land was small, but the home itself had sprawled over 6,000 square feet. That was in addition to a vacation house in Florida and ski lodge in Vail. And now they lived here? Inside the dim place, mustier than the caddy, he greeted Beth, who was a stocky woman with short hair, and Anna, leaner, dressed in baggy shirt and skirt like a hippie or a homeless lady. Her graying hair was long and dull. Beth looked at Lowell suspiciously. 
then equally so at her husband. She'd expressed resentment over the years that Stoddard's share of the royalties went to him exclusively, not the two of them, one of the many issues they sniped and countersniped about. Lowell couldn't understand such a relationship. He'd been married for forty-two wonderful years to a woman he'd met at a literary conference. They'd wed eight months after meeting, and been constant companions until a faulty artery had separated them forever. He knew theirs had been a high standard for a marriage. Friendship, humor, intellectual parody at the prow. But Stoddard and his wife didn't even bother to conceal their seeming mutual disdain. Anna greeted him with a distant smile. Her travel mug was filled with liquor Lowell could smell. The hour was just past 1 p.m. Looking around, Lowell observed, too, that one of the bedrooms seemed to be hers. He could only imagine the tension that this living arrangement created. The house was quiet and sparsely decorated. A few books, more magazines, and a huge flat-screen high-def TV. A few family pictures of Goodwin, his wife, and the children dotted the walls. Neither of the siblings had children of their own. Maybe having a literary legend of a father, and a tormented one, had been a deterrent. Beth must have noted Lowell's eyes sweeping the house. It's only temporary, she said defensively with a glance at her husband. Lowell couldn't help wondering how they'd blown through millions and millions of dollars. As of a few years ago, the last time he'd visited, they'd been doing fine. Since the regular royalty income was not insubstantial, Lowell assumed they were in debt. Stoddard's bad business ventures, probably. Anna's choice of men. He sat down on a saggy couch. No one offered him a beverage. He looked them over and said, Apparently there is a sequel. There was no need to be more specific. The center of their lives was Cedar Hills Road. It hung over every conversation and gathering. The title never needed to be mentioned. In fact, it never was as if uttering those four syllables would be like a demonic incantation that would destroy the good fortune the book had brought. "'My God, you found it?' Stoddard asked, eyes wide. "'So Dad had it in him after all.' Anna seemed pleased. She celebrated by lifting her mug and taking a long sip. Beth looked at her distastefully, then turned to Lowell and asked, "'Now, Frederick, what's the offer?' "'I don't have the manuscript yet.' Just a hint that it did at one point exist. He explained about the letter he'd received from the lawyer in Connecticut. We'll sue him, Stoddard snapped. What? Lowell asked, blinking. We'll sue the prick, force him to tell us more. Lowell explained, I don't know what you'd actually sue for. He doesn't have to tell us anymore. He contacted me as a courtesy. Besides, he told me there was nothing else, and I believe him. No, no, he's holding out. Mark my words, he'll let us stew and then hit us up for a finder's fee. Anna rolled her eyes. Lowell said, Well, I think the more productive approach is for me to try to track down the manuscript. I found two clues, and I'm hoping you might be able to help me with them. He removed the letter from his attaché case and read the passage aloud. He looked up. So, in the spring of 67, your father was in some idyllic countryside and apparently spent time in or near a church while he was writing the sequel. If we can find out where, we might be able to pick up leads as to who has the manuscript or where it is. Pop wasn't religious, Anna pointed out. It was one of the things that made the book so good. Spirit detached from formal religion. He tapped into the zeitgeist of the period, the conflicted 1950s. 
Stoddard and Beth looked at her blankly. Lowell harbored a suspicion that Stoddard had never actually read Cedar Hills Road. He was sure Beth had not. Anna, on the other hand, had produced some critical pieces about her father's work, good ones, before her energy for writing dissipated. We never went to church growing up. No, never, Stoddard agreed. Wouldn't have been a bad idea, Beth said cryptically and with an edge. What about the countryside reference? Was there a vacation home? Not one that we ever went to. We didn't see Dad much for the last two years of his life, Stoddard said darkly. I think he was embarrassed about having a family. Anna countered. No, he was going through hell. Writer's block, the pressure to do a sequel, the cancer. He didn't want us to see him miserable. Stoddard frowned. Bullshit. It was that he was having affairs and didn't want his girlfriends to know about us. All anybody had to do was read the book jacket to know he had children, Anna snapped. The meeting was going even worse than Lowell had anticipated. Do you have any letters, records from back then? Anna looked at her brother and grimaced. He had quite a lot of our family's things, Stoddard said sourly. How was I supposed to know anybody'd come calling about a sequel? You threw it all out? Lowell asked in a whisper. Bad memories, the man muttered. Then his face softened, and he looked at the lawyer. As long as you're here, Frederick, tell me, when's the next royalty check coming in? Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world.